So, welcome back to the Birdie Bug Pod, episode 27. Uh, off we go. We've had a little bit of a technical drama, yeah. haven't we, with um, with the gear, but we are now up and running. We are joining you from a very cold shed in it's your garden. absolutely Baltic in here at the moment. Um, um, we've had a few episodes previously where we thought, oh, might be a slightly shorter app, and they never have been. But given the temperature... Yes. This might be a slightly uh, shorter episode. <laughs> I think we'll get, get in and out a bit quickly. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we're today we're going to do uh, a sort of um, just a bit of a fun one about what it's going to be called. What's in the bag? Yeah. So it's it's been a very busy time. So we're sort of doing a nice little quick chat about our camera gear, what it is that we take with us, why we like our gear. We'll go into a little bit of software and stuff as well, but I yeah. think it's going to be a bit of a bit of a chilled, cold chat about cameras. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered a little bit. We did an episode um, some time back now about photography and the fact it was a shared passion and how we started together. And yeah, and we ventured into gear a little bit, a little bit. But um, so we thought this would just be a bit of a fun, you know, a bit of a shorty. Yeah, it might be a bit of a, a little filler app. Yeah, um, for anybody who's interested in the gear that we use, should we start off with a bit of catch up? Any catch up? No, <laughs> I don't do that, I don't do a lot. That's going to keep it short, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know because I never have catch up, and the episodes are still long. Yeah, my catch up is a normal thing. I've done a wetland bird survey, um, which I do once a month, and I did my little patch, and it was about a foot underwater. So. First time I walked a long way in Wellington for a while, and it wasn't very comfortable. At least you were dedicated. But and I got was, out there. I got I got soaked. Um, my feet got soaked, and I got it rained as well. But I still did my survey because you know I'm a very dedicated, dedicated scientist. Uh, I've done a couple of shifts on my ranger volunteer job going around Pagham, which was just lovely. Um, the Brent geese are in now, and Pagham. Like a lot of these wetland places, uh, have a huge influx of um, overwintering birds coming in, and honestly, massive flocks of Brent geese and lapwing and fantastic marsh harriers. I watched, and yeah, it was great. So, Actually, I've changed my mind. I do have catch up. Oh, I have two things. Go on. One is what I've been enjoying recently is outside of my bedroom window. I've seen quite a lot of long-tailed tits. Oh yeah, there's a lot about at which the moment. Has been really nice to wake up to. Yeah. Secondly, as we've mentioned before, it wouldn't be a podcast without me plugging the Rivers Trust. I am now. If you want to see my face, because we don't really do face <laughs> on here. If you'd like to see my face more, it's a lovely face. Then um. We're now on TikTok and I am facing the TikTok. So we're trying to appeal to the, you know, the younger generation, which makes me sound really oh, old. Yeah, you are so old if you then. want to hear me talking about wet wipes and things, <laughs> head and, over. And why wouldn't you? Then, then head over to at Rivers at the Rivers Trust on TikTok if you want to see me attempting to be a Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're a TikTok star. Yeah, it's quite good fun. Yeah, you're a celebrity. How many? Um, you know, got a million likes? Have you? No, no, we have not. We've just started. Is it likes it? on TikTok? Followers, follows, likes, likes. Yeah, I've, I've literally just started it. So I don't do TikTok. If you want to do me a favour and make it look like I'm really good at my job, yeah, <laughs> go follow us over on. So if you get TikTok. over, do, do you earn money on TikTok? A bit no. like on no, it's just, on Instagram. If you get so many on followers on, you know, obviously the in, big Instagram celebs earn a fortune. Don't I don't know they? how that works. We we don't. That's not obviously what, no. what we're doing. It's just uh, it turns out this is off track, but it turns out that research is now showing, for better or for worse, a lot of the younger generations are actually using both Instagram and TikTok as their news outlets and oh, okay. search engines. Not Twitter. No. So. 
a lot of people are actually going there for news, which means if we want to hit the younger demographic, it's useful to put newsy yeah. stuff where they'll see it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm out there trying to... And you know what? Occasionally, I'm going to be putting out some slightly meme Rivers-based <laughs> content. So if you want some river memes... Please. Head over, head over to the Rivers Trust. <laughs> yeah, go there. It's Rivers Trust. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant organisation. Yeah, and you get to see my wonderful face attempting and to be... It's a, a, really, it's a really a important TikTok one as well. well. But Sorry, I'm moving away then because I've got a cat that's sort of trying to get onto my chair. <laughs> so I'll leave that as the I think he's up. cold, so he's just come in as well, isn't he? So. Um, as a new venture for my work. Yeah. And thought it might be fun. Hey, we're meant to be keeping this short, aren't we? Yes. So what's in your bag? So obviously you're a macro photographer. I'm a bird photographer. Yeah, primarily. Primarily. I used to be a landscape photographer, but I now am almost exclusively a bird photographer. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any landscapes on your Instagram page. I might have done. You know, I do those ones where it's still a bird pick and it tends to be a moody sky. Because I used to love doing moody skies, didn't I? Sunsets. Yeah. And, and now I do moody skies, catching silhouettes of birds going across them. So I'm still doing um, moody skies, but in a slightly different yeah. way. Um, so anyway, you you start. You're a macro photographer. You've got lots of little gizmos, haven't you? And well, okay. So this was your idea, this episode. Yeah. Um, and how would you like me to start? Do you want me to talk about my camera bag first before we get into it? Or do you want me to go straight well, into the camera gear? I've done the other way. I've done uh, my camera gear and then I've gone on to the sort of ancillaries and accessories. Okay. You know, well, so I've started off with my direct bit of kit that I use on a daily basis when I'm out doing bird photography. So... What have you got in your bag? Right. Well, first of all, main camera. Yeah. Running the Nikon D7200. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. You and I both picked one up a few, well, uh, quite a few years ago now. APS-C crop sensor camera. At the photography yeah. show. Um, Digital SLR. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Love it. It's got, well, it's got I can not go into all the specifications, but I love the fact it's got dual memory card slots. 24 um, megapixel. Yeah. <laughs> Six frames a second. <laughs> Thank you, camera Google. Um <laughs> And so I really good dynamic range. Fantastic yeah, colours, yeah. <laughs> um, I I have two main lens, yeah, plus an extra one. Yeah. So the main ones I use are my thirty-five mil and my is it seventy to two hundred, yeah. Uh, and then I do also have quite an old one oh five mil macro lens, which was actually your dad's. Um, from it was my dad's a long time ago. It's one of the, uh, and it's a, an old actual metal lens. Isn't yeah, it's it? got a bit of heft anymore. to yeah. it. The, um, the the locking ring where you can swap between manual and autofocus is not really functional. And the autofocus on it is quite uh, slow. So it's very much a manual focus lens. However, it is pin sharp. Fantastic quality it's, lens. It's uh, what, f2.8. Yeah. It's very fast and yeah, it's so I beautiful absolutely quality. love it. Mm. And you can get the modern 105 version, a 105 mil. And, and to be fair, if you want the 2.8, they are quite expensive. But I am just somewhat attached to this lens because I've taken so many. I think in its day, it. it was a lot of money because yeah. it's a f2.8, so it's a fast lens, and all fast lenses. Yeah, I mean, it lot hasn't of money. got in-body stabilization, no. No. but no. it is just—it's beautiful to use. So you um, work that exclusively on manual focus, yeah. aren't you? The the autofocus just isn't quick enough. Yeah. And to be fair, autofocusing on macro is just tricky, just because unless you've got, I, I imagine. Maybe your your Z uh, Z nine will do it. Um, I imagine a lot of the new mirrorless, fancier cameras will. But all the DSLRs I've used at my level, including the D seventy two hundred, if you try and autofocus on a flying insect, they just can't pick it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's on like a busy background, they don't. So it is 
easier. We found this in Croatia. I think it's in the Croatia rep trying to photograph a flying dragonfly. I tried really hard with autofocus. Turned out what I need to do was put the 105 mil on because it's a you know you get a bit closer to it yeah, yeah. and just manual focus yeah. and and I got a few half decent shots and that is the way incredibly to hard to 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 actually get makes a you really focus. appreciate what people used to have to do definitely yeah um, so those are the main three lens that I use but actually most of my Instagram photos now uh, yeah I'd say most are taken with the 70 to 200 mil with a little attachment called a Raynox. And I've got the Raynox. Is it a 70 to 300 mil? 70 to 300 mil lens. You should know, you bought it. Yeah, <laughs> I did, yes. That's why I was questioning yeah, it. It's a 70 to fence. 300 mil <laughs> DX lens, and it's really sharp. Yeah, it's a brilliant lens, um, which is actually quite nice because what I use is this little, it's essentially a magnifying glass which attaches to the end of the lens. It's called a Raynox. I've got the DCR. 250 I think you can get a 150 but obviously that's just a, a higher level of magnification and then they're, they're very much marketed as oh, a budget friendly way of getting into macro because it's yeah. like 80 quid you clip it onto your lens and you're good to go but it's actually just genuinely really good for macro you have to get very close to the subject but all of the photos I've got that look borderline like uh, microscope photos you know with big eyes and really yeah. close-up faces that's all done with the rain was that, was that your mate josh that got you into the uh, Raynox? josh it... sean and george yeah. three of my friends all ran them yeah. uh, and convinced me to to give it a go and what i actually quite like about it is i also like photographing other wildlife especially if it's um like lizards and snakes yeah. and it means that i can quickly unclip photograph a bird and a snake and then because then it you've back got on. the seventy and to so, three hundred, which effectively gives you a four hundred and fifty yeah. mil reach on a on a crop sensor. Yeah, so I don't camera, have so, to quickly yeah. swap lens. Yeah. I can if I see a. But I'm always out to photograph insects. But if there is a bird that I want to yeah. photograph, I can unclip, and it's sort of a, a best of both world for me. Yeah, it's a good setup. Uh, yeah. I will say, to be fair, actually, the seventy to three hundred does quite well doing like macro from a distance in Croatia again when you're on a nature reserve or the national park and you can't get up close because they're on the water or something it actually works quite well um I'm trying to think of any I don't have apart from the Raynox I don't really have any macro specific things I would quite like to get a proper diffuser set up which is again if you ever see on Instagram the incredibly detailed photos of close-up insect faces normally they're done with a big flash and a big diffuser do they use ring flash and stuff some, like that some do yeah most of my friends have either homemade diffusers with yeah. a flash and some white paper or, or something like that or you can spend some money on yeah. nice ones uh i still very much rely on natural light i do have a nikon sb400 flash gun which is fantastic it's really little and they don't actually make it anymore. I had to buy it off eBay. Actually, you've got that as an absolute mint yeah, condition. Off e I think um, I got it for about 60 quid. Cracking little flash gun, that is. And it was just... I didn't have the money for a big yeah. SB900 or something. And obviously those flash guns, apart from obviously the money, they are also quite big and bulky. Yes. It's just a little thing that just is much better than your built-in flash. Yeah. Got it for a steal. There's still quite a lot on eBay. I don't know why they stopped making it. Would if you're looking for a quick flash, would definitely recommend it. Um, a bit dodgy looking for a quick flash, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't go there. Won't go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, so those are my core items: these 7200, okay. 35 mil, okay. 70 to 300, old 105, okay. and a and a Raynox attachment. I have some other little bits from my bags to my tripods okay. to stuff. Well, but well, why I go don't on you to, go yeah. into your oh. core? 
I've gone to my core setup, kit, which is a little actually, bit fancier than mine. Yeah, and actually, it's, it's been pared down quite a lot now. And I will, I've, obviously, last thing, I haven't gone into the fact I also have a very old but quite useful Panasonic GX1. Yeah. And also a Panasonic G80 from work. Yeah. <laughs> so I carry a few other cameras, but I can go into that in the accessories. Yeah. Okay. What's in my bag? Well, too many now, I'm, I'm very fortunate now that, and I think I've mentioned it on the on here a before. A bit blinged out now, aren't you? I now have a Nikon Z9 flagship mirrorless camera with the latest 4.10 firmware update, which has made a huge difference. They did a big uh, eye detect, animal eye detect update, which Nikon are brilliant because Nikon give you free firmware updates and not all of them do. And this one was was stunning. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a monster. Can we swap camera um, bags? And alongside that, I still have an F-mount uh, Nikon 500mm f5.6 PF EDVR, if you want the whole uh, long code for it or model number, uh, which is a stunning F-mount prime lens, uh, super sharp. Um, the only thing that I'm finding is that when I had my D500 and the Sigma, I had a Sigma 150 to 600, obviously on a crop sensor, I was getting... 900 mil of reach on the long end now on full frame 500 mil i've got 500 mil so i've lost a bit of reach but what i've gained is super prime yeah, lens quality i will say I, I struggle to feel sorry for you <laughs> and and um portability as well because the, although the, the z9 is quite heavy it just it, it's lovely it does feel lovely and in it the feels great and my 500 mil is quite short so i've got a lovely portable rig of those two uh, i can hand hold them all day long and carry them on a strap i'll tell you about the strap a bit later on but i have to use a f uh, an f mount adapter for that because obviously i've got a z mount uh camera and an f mount lens so i have to have a little adapter that goes in between it doesn't uh have uh create any quality degradation it just adds a little bit of length and ideally in an ideal world and we'll go on to our ideal world or our dream world later on um i, I need a z lens to go on my z mount but i'd already had the 500 mil and it's a really hard lens to part with because it's super sharp and it's really quick autofocusing and it works on the z9 better actually than it worked on my f mount um uh, d500 it works better and that's obviously down to the Z9 is is a monster I of mean, processing. It's literally the latest piece of equipment. And the other big thing that's made a difference is the is the Z9 is a 45 megapixel camera, which was is double the the megapixel quality that I had on my D500. So although I'm haven't got the reach and I'm having to crop a bit more, I've got a lot more pixels to play with at 45 megapixels. So. I'm still getting better quality, and the the quality of the image through this camera is amazing. Yeah, to be fair, you were I rem obviously you were concerned about the investment yeah. into the Z9 and how much of a difference it would make. But I think it was within probably the first time you took it out that you were just like, Do you know what? No, the difference is it's massive. an absolute game changer because my D500 it had great autofocus tracking, but I had to I had to do the tracking, and of course, modern technology, the eye detect tracking on the Z9 is totally bonkers. You know, you latch onto that, and that's the difference now. Whereas I could follow a bird on the D500 and kind of get it in focus, and never really knew whether you got it on the eye. Now that if you if you get the bird in the frame, 
the Z9 locks onto the eye and just tracks it. And, and you there's... get super sharp eye focus and... And then there's me trying to manually focus a dragonfly. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's been an absolute game changer, which is was quite comforting on the basis that I spent quite a lot of money on it. Yeah, but, and it, um, but it was a big investment and it's something you... It's use my passion, and I use it every single day. I use it every day. And it is a beautiful, a fantastic piece of kit. bit of kit. So that's my setup, um, and I've got a lot of little bits and pieces I always take with me. But if, I'll tell you what, you go on, let's swap now, and you go on to your bag, because you love a bag. I do love a bag. Yeah, just very quickly on my other cameras. Actually, even before we bought the D7200, at another time that we were uh, at the photography show, we had a bit of a run from the age of, I think I was about eight, to 14 years later we went to the photography show at Birmingham NEC every single yeah, year it was great, and it's it? pretty much where I've bought all of my camera yeah. it was like a little yearly pilgrimage and it all kept, kept going until Covid stopped that but one of the first cameras I ever bought myself um, otherwise I was obviously borrowing kit from you yeah. was one of the early mirrorless cameras was my little Panasonic GX1 which has a really small 14 to 42 lens, pancake lens yeah and then it, I think that's my 80 to 200, but because it's micro four thirds, it obviously um, compensates and ends up being more than that. Well, yeah, and ends up being double, doesn't yeah. it? So, um, which is so a 200 becomes a oh, is it well, times four? It's a times four. Yeah, well, isn't I know it? it gives you quite a lot of reach, yeah. and so it's it's a very dated camera yeah. now. And I think you're, I'd say I've got the GX1, and I think the GX12 is or something like that is out. So it, it's old. You had a lot of fun with that I, camera. I've taken it as my only camera on holidays, and still now there's been days where I've needed a camera for work, and I don't want to lug my SLR, and it just sits in my bag. So it's actually still in use as. What I always thought mirrorless was going to be until the technology obviously went crazy as just a portable thing with two lenses so I could actually swap things out. So it's a great little portable piece Yeah, and of the kit. thing with the Panasonic, of course, they were all, and they always were and still are the pioneers of video yeah. uh, of cameras. You know. Uh, well, on that, I, do, I have the not mine work camera, which is the Panasonic G80, which is now what I do all my videoing on, yeah. which is which is also quite they're, nice. They're, but they're fantastic for that. On to bags. Now, I do have a bit of a bag problem. <laughs> you have a bag habit, yeah, actually, I think I, don't uh, Yeah, it was one of the first things I enjoyed about photography was the fact I can justify buying lots of I bags. I think every time we, we, we... You mentioned the NEC, the photography show. Yeah, I, I think do, we did come back I to the bag. I do have quite a few, quite but a I lot. have two main ones mm-hmm. now. I have... Both came from the photography show. The one that's had a huge amount of use is my Timber Cooper 15. And it's a messenger bag. And it's very unassuming. So it doesn't look like a camera bag. And I liked it because it meant at university, I would use it as my uni bag with my notes and stuff. But also I could take my camera yeah. out with me and it didn't look lovely, too camera Lovely bag. Beautifully um, made. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, we went back to the photography show actually on our last one, which was just before COVID. And we went to the Timber stall. The guy went... How long have you had that? I, said, I don't know, maybe six or seven years. It was like, it is just in great condition. Yeah. Um, but again, I've used that on a lot of holidays. And, and I've got so one messenger and one backpack. And that is my typical, yeah, if I'm, I don't want to call it city bag because I don't really go to cities, but like my travel bag, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And then I couldn't actually find the model number for mine because I cut the label off Oh, it. your Manfrotto. But I've got a fantastic Manfrotto backpack which is what i use for the macro typically because it's more rugged so i'm happy and it's space for lunch which is yeah. the main thing so if i went up mountains or we're going out to do i don't know a nature reserve that's the one i go for and i will i will dig out the 
I'm sure I can find the model number and I'll put it in the show notes because the, the thing about it that sold it for me is it has the best tripod carrying system yeah. of any backpack. It does the, Even now. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but the, the tripod leg slips through something that holds it so firm. It's not on the side, it's on the front. So it doesn't rattle around. It doesn't impact you from opening the bag and it's just... for. I, it's probably a bit nerdy to get this excited about a tripod carrying system on a camera bag, but it makes me unnecessarily happy. <laughs> Every time I use it, I'm just like, whoever designed that has done it, has done yeah. their job. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've got one 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 messenger and one backpack for for the diversion between off road and on road. Yeah. Let's go for that. And yeah, Manfro- Manfrotto and Temper. But I mean, I've also had some lovely low pro, yeah, low pro, pro slingshot. Some, yeah, one they do I some really good bags. Low loved. Pro. Uh, I've got a few think tank bags yeah. as well. You've got a lot really of bags, and, yeah. I'd love, sorry for the dream, I'd love a Billingham bag one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Manfrotto and Temper. I, I do is, have a Billingham yeah, bag. So those are my bags. <laughs> uh, my bag, I use a Mindshift gear backlight, 18 litre photo backpack for my Z9, and it fits beautifully i can put camera and lens uh with the lens on the camera which is really important i, I absolutely one of my pet hates although i'm very spoiled because the z9 is fantastic there's a little shutter a uh, little sensor screen um protector that comes down as soon as you take a lens off now oh, that's clever this little little shutter comes down and protects the sensor I did not know that was a thing whereas before on my d500 i used to hate taking a lens off on particularly when you're out and about especially you know, like the beach in a dusty field or salty on the air beach or something. and then your sensor just gets covered in but stuff. beyond that also if you're out walking especially on nature surf stuff and you see a bird or any sort of wildlife it's not like a landscape it will move and so yeah. you want to be able to yeah. whip it out yeah no absolutely so I, i'd love to carry my camera with the lens attached to it and this bag just fits the two perfectly if i ever get a longer lens i've got a problem but um, no it's not a problem it's an opportunity to buy another bag <laughs> is that yeah there's and that's never a, a bad thing no. is it so um it's a great it's a great bag um fully it's got waterproof cover and everything and it's light and and it's great um one of the best things i bought was my Peak Design slide strap. To be fair, Peak Design do make some brilliant Fantastic things. strap like, with this brilliant anchor that they called anchor links and the way that the strap attaches to the camera. You, you can this take is a the proper nerdy place. It's very now, yeah, no, it? we are getting very nerdy because I love that I can this is niche. I can take my strap off the camera within five seconds and it's brilliant. But it I carry my camera down on my hip, the peak design slide strap everyone should have one if they've got a long telephoto and a heavy camera that is the best strap on the market essentially what we're learning is we're actually we quite are nerdy, simple we? creatures yeah. because we love a strap oh, we love a bag wait until you get me on a tripod head all right yeah yeah um so peak design uh straps brilliant i also have a peak design capture clip with pro pad which is like a little extra clip which you can clip onto the strap of your bag where you can carry a lighter weight, you know, a second yeah, camera. Yeah, sort of on your chest. So it just clips in and clips off, and it's absolutely brilliant. So sometimes I carry my D7200 if I want to take pictures of a location I'm going, so I can blog as well. And, yeah, it means that you can have different lengths. Yeah, of so I can put a, a wide-angle well. lens on and have a lightweight camera that's just literally sitting on my chest as well as my... It's all my right, telephoto on my hip. So that's brilliant. I love Peak Design stuff. Brilliantly made. Um, 
I don't use tripods or monopods because I'm totally handheld. I love the flexibility of that. So over to you because right, you so love I, a tripod do, too, don't you? Yeah, I like a tripod, but I particularly like a tripod head. Um, yeah. So when I was a kid, you had a Benbow tripod yeah. and we always thought of it as a bit like an octopus because all the legs could go in funny directions it was a brilliant design was, at the time actually. yeah and so when it came to myself wanting a tripod that's what we looked for in the end what we actually set on was one of the best purchases and i think this was a birthday present and you found yes, it. yes i did I a didn't lot do- of research the normal thing yeah. i did about a month of research i um, didn't do the research this, yeah. but i um, was very pleased with with the result i've got the ben row go plus travel yeah and the reason why it's sort of worth talking about is obviously you can talk about the the benefits of I don't know going carbon fiber or anything like that. The the, the thing about this tripod is the the center pillar that the camera sits on. You can put it all the way to the top. Press button. It comes out of the top, drops down so it's then horizontal yeah. and it lies across the tripod. And for your macro photography, so what it perfect. then means is the the three legs that form the tripod sort of standing base can lie flat. And then rather than there being this central column that limits how low you can get, that lies flat as well horizontally. Yeah. So your camera drops right down so you can get ground level, which yeah. is obviously where most of my macro takes yeah. place. And so, okay, tripods aren't necessarily the most useful for flying insects, but if you've got like a spider on a web or something like that, the other thing is you can flip it over so you can hang your hang your camera down instead of up and again, stick it right against the it's floor. It's an amazingly so flexible bit of kit. It's that, just actually, isn't it? beautifully designed. Yeah. Very simple yeah. in the way they've done it, but it works perfectly. I did my research on that, so, my boy. Yeah, Benro is just the way to go. And on top of that, I have the Benro B1 triple action tripod head. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no explanation for why I like a tripod head, but every time we've looked at gear, the different arms, the way the ball action things move, the different little gizmos and stuff that are just for some reason... Really scratches. You know, I can assure you there are many, many people out there that love a tripod it head. Just it's oddly satisfying, and and I just I just like them. And so yeah, the otherwise it is literally just a screw on thing. So it is sort of necessary. This yeah. tripod does actually need a head, and there are a variety of options. But yeah, the Benro B1 Triple Action Ball Head. Just, Do you think anyone's going to really like this you know episode? <laughs> People might not like this episode, but I like talking about actually, it. Actually, I'm enjoying it more so, and more, so what the hell? It's a proper dive into the fact yeah. that photography, there's there's the passion of doing it, and then there's the passion and for then the gear. A, we love a bit of kit. Yeah, we? and I'd, so many times, you know, you want to look for a hobby that doesn't come with a lot of necessary equipment because of the budget. And... While I don't have any budget to spend money on gear, I like a hobby with a lot of equipment yeah. just because I, I like building yeah. the setup. I like different camera bags. I like playing around with the setup. And so this is a proper deep dive. If anything, it probably reveals far too much about us. Yeah. But we, and we're definitely not alone. I, I can't tell you how many times we, Matthew mentioned, um, you know, we went to this photography show every year. I took him there every year from the age of eight, it's I think fantastic. it was. It's so much fun. And we, we looked forward to it so much because we just walked around and looked at gear and handled gear and dreamt about Not gear and very often came back with it. And sometimes we would come back. The day we came back, we both bought a D7200, which was a quite a big investment at the time. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I got a university bursary, which is supposed <laughs> to help you with yeah. living costs. And it happened to just be the exact amount for a D7200. I, I got do, it. I do hope the university is <laughs> listening to this. One week later, I spent every penny any of it on my D7200. Well, what a day that was, wasn't it? We came back with two gold Nikon boxes and we sat there with the kitchen table going, right, you can open yours, all right? That's fantastic. <laughs> Shall I open it was mine? a proper memory. Oh, it was great. So we, we love a bit of kit. Um, and then there's lots of, not lots, but there's a few little 
incidentals in my bag. Spare battery, the Z9 actually is uh, fantastic for considering it's a mirrorless with a shed load of electronics in it and some serious, you know, 20 frames per second buffering and what have you. Um, it's battery life is pretty good. And so I bought a spare one and the spare one actually is, is a, it's quite a big jobby that goes into the bottom of the, the camera, quite a big battery. And it was very expensive. £179 I paid for this battery but it was worth every penny to yeah it, it doesn't surprise me because when i went to arizona this is this predates the purchase of our d7200 you had a d90 and a d80 and i took your d90 and i took the battery out of the d80 so i took two yeah. batteries so i left you with nothing and it was incredibly handy to be able to just yeah. swap out and so when i got home i was like all right I'll buy a spare battery. And even for the D80, it was something like 70 quid. Yeah, now they're and very expensive. In the end, I didn't because of the, of the purchase. So it doesn't surprise me that for the Z9... No, it's gonna... and although, as I've said, the Z9 battery life actually is really good, I have, I think I've swapped it out about five or six times now. I've got halfway through a, a day where I've been walking around and then realised that you know my battery's getting low. So I think it's a really good investment. Um, so I have a spare battery... I have a lens cleaning kit in there. Always have a lens cleaning kit in my bag with a puffer brush just to take dust and stuff off the front because I don't now, I don't use a, I used to use a skylight filter or a filter on my front of my lens. And I, I still have a UV filter on one I, of them. I don't even have that now to get the optimum quality, the least amount of interference in between the lens and the subject. Yeah, the subject. So I now don't have it, although the D5, uh, sorry, the 500mm has a really good lens, so it's quite protected. So I always take a lens cleaning kit and a puffer brush. Um, and that's about it in my bag, actually. Well, apart, I also, from a, you know, apart from a snack bar and a, and a flask of coffee. And a flask of coffee. I also, also and a have a bottle of water. I have a puffer thing and I have a multi tool, but that's normally for the tripod legs in case there's yeah. any tightening. I have just a quick game here, Father. What do you think is the one weird item that is always in my Manfrotto camera bag? Not photography related, but it's always in there and it's a little oh. bit odd. Wow, that's a great question. I ought to know that, knowing you as well as I do. Wow, a notepad. No, no. to be fair, there is always a notepad, but that's not what I was going for. No, I, I can't think. I do always have a snake hook. <laughs> oh, of course, you always have a snake have, hook, yes. And well, why a, wouldn't you? Yeah, just, you know, for flipping over logs and, or, yeah, or, or of course you bits do. of metal in case Damn, there's a snake I under I remembered there. that. I have three things, actually. I always have a snake hook, a pair of tweezers, and a small tub for insects. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like a little pot, just in case. You used to have one of those um, those net things that you yeah, waft around to catch things. Yeah, I did also used to, to have things. a... Um, a pooter, but I don't have a pooter anymore. I don't want that. Well, a little is. pot with two straws, and you suck in one, and it sucks the insect into the pot. <laughs> <laughs> we, so can't, I, we, we can't get any more nerdy no, now, can I we? mean, I got the sweep net for my 18th birthday because I'm cool. It, are, are you done with what's in your bag? Anything yes. else? No, I no, think, no ancillary bits? No, No, I still use my standard Nikon yeah. strap. Yeah. I have your selvit cloth. <laughs> A lot of my gear has been pilfered. Most, most of your gear. Yeah, it's been pilfered. How many of your lens belong to me? Only one, but you bought one? both of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what dads are for, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
Um, so so that that is it. I will say actually, and I know we've probably gone on too long. The little thirty-five mil also came with a funny story because oh, it's it great yeah. little lens. We Fantastic both lens. just bought the D seventy two hundred, and I was rocking quite old lens, which I'd also stolen from you. And you came home, rushed me into the bedroom, just like shh, I've done a thing. And you'd bought yourself one, and very unselfishly couldn't help but also buy me one. And we were trying to work out if we should tell the family or just put it on our camera because nobody would ever know. I do remember that. We I do remember coming home and showing, opening the bag and said, I've bought myself this 35 mil. It's only just come out and it's absolutely cracking. And you went, oh, that's brilliant. And I went, and I might have bought you, you one as well. Explain to the, the person in the shop why you were buying two. Yeah. Hey, but, just you because know. you're you're lovely. But it was just funny because we knew that we could put them on our camera and no one would know. But we we did no, we did up. own up, we didn't we? Did yeah. up but we yeah, did. that that's the extent. But it's just there's a few nice stories behind the gear. Yeah, for, yeah. For we've us, had a lot. Is, of, we've had so much fun with our photography. Actually. Yeah, which yeah. over the years we've had so much fun. Some of them are quite sentimental, just because Definitely. of that. The, the stories that come, which is obviously why you still got your seventy two hundred. I still got example. it. I still use it. It's a fantastic bit of kit, and you know why wouldn't I? It's and, a, yeah, I use that now as my um, as my uh, like I say my location uh, camera. So if I want to do a blog on somewhere um i will use that for taking uh shots of the yeah place i mean and... we've even obviously you've got the cabinet behind us that's yeah. got your old f5 and yeah. the fm2 that i learned yeah. on and so there's quite a lot of nice memories Definitely. and nostalgia behind a lot of our gear yeah. which yeah which is it's been nice great as well um okay i'm going to move on to uh but just to let you guys know what software i use when i'm doing post-processing for my uh, photography which we all do i tried to do you know not so much but um because you want to try and keep it as honest as possible but if you take so many photos yeah and if <laughs> i do take a lot now 20 frames a second i could go to 30 frames a second no i do 20 frames a second it's a lot of photos but so i use uh, i used to use lightroom um which is an adobe program but comes along with the creative suite adobe creative suite i moved on to capture one pro um it's Lightroom's brilliant. Capture One Pro is just a little bit more advanced, a little bit more flexible. And funnily enough, it actually has uh, a more flexible system, a bit like Photoshop, because I use Photoshop a lot. Um, I, I love Photoshop, and I, I use the two together in tandem, and I can take an image from Capture One straight into Photoshop, do whatever extra editing that I can't do in Capture One in Photoshop, and then I can, when you save it, it takes it straight back into Capture One. I finish off there do my meta tagging and filing within Capture One Pro. But I like Capture One Pro a lot. Um, uh, it's, it's particularly for, if you're trying to change colors, color balance, it, it's just got a bit more flexibility and a little bit more advanced features than Lightroom. Lightroom is brilliant and I used it for quite a long time. Capture One Pro I love. Sadly, I have, I use Creative Suite and I, uh, subscribe to it the whole lot so I get Lightroom as part of that but I'm pay extra for Capture One see, Pro I, I still use Lightroom and my post processing is very simple I pretty much do the same thing it's a yeah. quick crop dehaze and a little bit of a tweak yeah. I sometimes go into Photoshop just for a little bit of burning yeah um but but not I don't do masses in Photoshop. I typically still use Lightroom. Rather foolishly, I still pay for Lightroom, but I get the Creator Suite through work. So I think I might just cancel mine and use work. Yeah. So hopefully the Rivers yeah. Trust aren't listening. I'm just going to use it for my <laughs> photography. Um, and then the game changer for me, 
really was a piece of software again that you recommended is Topaz Denoise because if there's one I love my D7200 but if there's one area that it sometimes struggles it's low light yeah and as a really simple you can obviously denoise things in Lightroom but this is just better and you you take your take your photo in if, if you've pumped your ISO up a little bit and it's a little bit fuzzy you just do a little bit of a tweak, do a little bit of a slide to check that it doesn't take too much detail and it removes the noise really quite incredibly without taking out the detail. It is a phenomenal bit of software. And one of the things I love about it more than that, that just in, that, in this day and age is it's not a subscription. You pay for it once yeah, and you've got it. it. You it's can brilliant. pay for some upgrades yeah. when they bring out, but I've been paying £10 a month for Lightroom for far too many years and it's nice to be able to just buy the software Yeah. And it's just mine. Topaz Denoise AI, it was a game changer. Yeah, and I'm, huge. I and you you know, if you follow pro photographers on Instagram or, or any of the other platforms, you'll find pretty much all of them at some stage use Topaz it's, Denoise. It's a fantastic thing for as Matthew said, um for smoothing out when you've got high ISO in you know low light and you've got a lot of noise Even and a lot general, of grain, I put most photos yeah. into it. It's 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 a fantastic found, app, brilliant app. What I found interesting is is they advertise quite heavily on Facebook and they do they advertise because you use a slider. So once you've done your um, you've chosen your settings, you could do a before and after and do do the slide yeah. across, and they do that in the advert and. A good 60-odd percent of the comments, people going, ah, this is like, fuck, there's no way it's that good. And then there's always a reply from somebody going, no, it, it, it is, is that actually good. that good. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, it almost looks like a gimmick, and but it genuinely was quite a big game changer for a yeah, lot when, of my, I've the, actually gone back to old photos that I've loved and published yeah. and put them yeah, through Yeah, me it. too, I've done that. And when, you know, when some of the best photographers in the world are using topaz denoise you know it's yeah it's, it's good cracking bits and they also do some other they do other little apps within their um suite of uh, of apps and sharpening and they do they do some for video as well yeah. uh, if you if you do a lot of video filming um they do some fantastic stuff they're brilliant app yeah definitely recommend um, worth the money so th- those are the only three i use capture one pro photoshop Topaz denoise. I try to say I, I I'm a bit like you. I have a little system and a little method, and it, it's not always the case because of, obviously every photograph really is different. But it's still like I try a baseline not to, routine. Yeah, I try not to over sharpen. I try not to over saturate. I try to just smooth a bit of noise. Bit of dehaze. Bit of dehaze. Brighten a little bit here and there. Sometimes and try drop and keep, the highlights. Try and keep it as honest as possible. Um, yeah. Really. So. Um, so those are the three bits of software I use and you use. Yeah, just um, Lightroom, Photoshop, Topaz. And then I thought, where do we show off pics? You know, we're not we're not pros, we're hobbyists. I obviously run an Instagram page. I do. do. Mine has been quite quiet recently. I keep meaning to get back into it, but I've, I run various Instagram pages and I, I just need to get back into it. But yes, I do obviously run, run our Insta. Yeah, I primarily show my pictures on Instagram. And it's a great community, actually, particularly... You know, if you're into one particular genre and you get to know the community, it's I've very made friendly. some. I've made some really good friends on. You've even met um, up with, yeah, bird yeah. photographers, and I've met up with some people locally that have followed me, and I've followed them, and we've got to know each other, and we swap ideas, and we talk about Sometimes gear it's a lot. Just like, and, oh, you've got a J, I haven't had a J, yeah, in ages. and it's fantastic and it's little nice. community. 
as long as you don't get too hung up on Instagram and likes and follows, people people do get yeah. a bit too hung up I, on that. Facebook messes around with the algorithms of Instagram a huge amount. I will just say, as obviously somebody whose job now is very social media heavy, and I, I've gone even to social media like communication conferences and tracking like the Instagram algorithm is so hard. Yeah. One week, they'll be like, right, we're pushing photos, and yeah. suddenly your photos go up, and the next week they're like... No, reels. Pushing reels, And if yeah. you're not po- posting reels, you're not being seen. And yeah. so it's just a... F- social media is a fickle yeah. thing. In- Instagram um, messes with you, or Facebook messes with you, because obviously they own meta. Instagram. Yeah. Or meta, yeah. And um, so as you rightly said, sometimes if you're running a lot of stories uh, from your from your posts, sometimes you'll then get an explosion of likes. And then you can put the best photograph yeah, up that you think, love. something you're so proud of, and you're 20. 24 people look at it. And you get really dispirited. Don't get dispirited. Just Use it as just, a nice gallery. Yeah, use it for you. Don't use it for other people. Use it. And that's how I now look at Instagram. I, I love taking bird photographs. I love putting them up a little post. Sometimes I do a funny little caption. More and more now, I'm trying to do more information, particularly about the conservation side, because I'm heavily into that now. So I like to do a bit of factual stuff about a bird or a, even a, a location, you know, uh, or wetlands or heathland or whatever. So just use it for you and just enjoy it for, for, for your hobby. And, and if lots of people come on and like it, that's great. And if suddenly they drop off, just... That's just numbers just, on a screen. Yeah, don't worry about that. So um, primarily, that's where I show my pictures i do have a a website and on that website i have a little gallery and i put a blog i haven't done enough blog posts recently i haven't written my on my blog and i also put this podcast up on there as well so i have a little website i don't think anybody sees it to be honest we'll put it in the show notes because unless you market it as you know unless you drive people to your website which you have to do through relentless relentless well. marketing, which I don't do. I mean, to be fair, we've said it before. We're very grateful to all of you guys who listen to this we podcast really are. because we don't push it that no. hard. We do one or we do one Instagram post and one story. We hardly push it. And at given all. we're not famous with millions of followers, we don't push the or market the podcast that heavily. And yet, people out there are still listening. So if you are, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. We really appreciate <laughs> it. We really do. So, um. You may not after this episode, but you know, <laughs> too busy looking at tripod heads, yeah, <laughs> or bags, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty yeah, much I'm where the same. we. I'm on Insta, really. And then I thought we'd do a little thing about because we dream, don't we? If you yeah. won the lottery, what would you buy? Well, see, there's two different <clears throat> questions because if I won the lottery, I'd buy a Z9. More realistically, if I was willing, or I don't know, if I, if I had a bit of spare money, yeah. like, that's sort of within my realm. Yeah, there are two elements. I would this, probably yeah. either go Panasonic G9, just because I've loved that camera for the a while. The two is out. Yeah, or I would go for something like a Z6 Mark III yeah. when that's out. Yeah. Because I think there's still the Mark II, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, Z, the Z6 III is... is On its way. Uh, Rumours are out so about So I would it, so. probably, if I had money sort of that's within my realistic realm... Even this is beyond my realm, but it's sort of not yeah. not too far fetched. I'd probably go a bit like I have with my SLR, you know, high level amateur camera. Yeah. So the seventy two hundred is not a pro camera, but it's not like your D five hundred, fifty five hundred. It's a high it's a real enthusiast yeah, camera. So I'd yeah. probably go for a similar level, but with the modern mirrorless technology. So something like a Z six, yeah. Z seven. They've also got area. some fantastic Z uh, macro lens now. Yeah. So, so. I think I. Given how advanced this mirrorless technology has become, especially with things like the autofocus and everything like that, 
that is what rather than going up another notch on the DSLR, I'd probably like to keep my D seventy two hundred and get a similar level of sort of yeah of a uh, quality, but from a from the mirrorless. So Z six Z seven sorted yeah. here. I'll never sell my D seventy two hundred. Yeah, if I won the lottery, obviously mm. Z nine and every lens I can buy. Yeah. But realistically, Z six yeah. Mark two. I've even looked because some of the second hand Z six Mark two aren't crazy money no. they're sort of what like 16 17 yeah and actually that's that would still be a really Which good is still far beyond what for you because the only criticism of the z6 II for me as a bird photographer was its autofocusing struggled yeah it struggled to pick up the bird from the and sometimes it would focus on the bird and then lose it get confused with the background but it, and it, but as a landscape and a macro, and a macro photographer also, and the quality of that camera is exceptional. I was going to say, it's still really a, good. A, a, quite a big upgrade. Yeah. And I say 1800 is still way beyond something I can drop on a camera currently, but it's not like mind-blowing no. money. Um, so, yeah, so enthusiast-level yeah. mirrorless. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the G9. I've got Panasonic mirrorless. I've got a couple of lens. And it was one of the first like wildlife photographer marketed mirrorless cameras that I held. And yeah. I, my friend has one. Yeah. And it's cracking for And of video. course, they, they do a really good range of Leica lens. Yeah. And, and Leica lens are absolutely since stunning. Since the G9 got the GH, the GH5 was their video mirrorless. And since the G9 got the same firmware, it's brilliant for film. Yeah. Um, so I've got a bit of a soft spot for that, but really I'd like to stay within the Nikon ecosystem. Yeah. So yeah, enthusiast level mirrorless Nikon would be my feasible dream. <laughs> yeah, well, I think... Really, I think I'm that's waiting a, for you to give me your Z9. I think that's a good <laughs> shout about there are two levels here because I, I talked about the fact I've got this F-mount 500mm on a Z-mount Z-mount camera really to get the optimum quality from my Z9, which I should be doing. I need to go on to a Z lens so there are two things here I, they've got a fantastic 800 mil pf actually but a z lens and it's also their s range and their s range is super quality particularly the coating on the lens is absolutely you know nano coating fantastic quality it's a bit bigger it's a bit more cumbersome but still really lightweight and hand holdable six grand for that so <laughs> that's my that's my dream it's more than i spent on but anything. it's not my if i won the lottery dream because if i won the lottery dream i'd have their six z 600 mil f4 because the 800 mil is an f6.3 oh, yeah, so, it's, so it's slower the 600 mil f4 with built-in teleconverter so that means it's got a 1.4 built-in teleconverter which means you can run it at 600 mil and then when you need that little bit of reach one flick of a switch takes you on to 840 mil at only f5 right, can i guess the price at only f5.6 now that's my lottery right i'm going to guess the price so the other one was six grand yeah i'm going to put this at twelve thousand fifteen thousand pounds for the lens <laughs> so 15k for that but that's not where i'd stop if i had the lottery because i would then as my second camera, because... What, take what, another Z9 if you've got... Well, I'd probably go Z8, actually. I'd go Z8 with, lighter. The, with the Z100 to 400, F4.5 to 5.6, because then that gives me a lot of flexibility for when I've got close-up stuff that, uh, you know, for birds that are much closer, you know, when you're in a wetland centre. And so I would have that on my... Yeah. On my Peak design capture clip on my chest. Better buy, buy a lottery Now, ticket. so the Z8 with 100 to 400, six, six and a half grand for that. So it's not too bad. 
but <laughs> so bad. 20 22 grand for oh, that setup what world you're living in that six grand's not too bad so yeah that's my dream lottery lottery yeah. setup and so they're um, two different worlds really aren't they they are two different worlds because the 800 mil you know if i trade my 500 million i've probably got to find four and a half it, it's not for this year because i bought the z9 it might not be for the the next year but <laughs> yeah i am um, that one that one you know you've got to go and talk to your mum <laughs> so yeah i mean i've got as like i said i've got a wedding i've obviously got a wedding oh yeah. yeah um those are expensive things aren't they weddings yeah so um i think it'll be the d7200 for a little while unless yeah. i can convince you you know you bought me you got you bought a lens and you couldn't help but buy yourself one. I don't understand why I haven't got a Z9. Really. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have gone. I bought myself a Z9 and hey, mate, I've got you one too. That's sort of what I was expecting, but uh, there we go. Um, yeah, so I will tell you, I bought the Z9 second hand. Yeah, and you traded in quite a lot. And of And I traded in quite a lot of gear, um, so I didn't buy it brand new. Oh, yeah. It was very good. I got a beautiful mint condition one, and it saved me a thousand pounds. So that was well yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah, and obviously, I say you traded in equipment too. Yeah, um, so it wasn't as bad as it sounds. No, so, we're just teasing you. So, yeah, I think that's about it. I think yeah, we'll so wrap up there. If you've made it to this point of the episode, thank you for tolerating our sort of dive into a bit of a niche love of camera gear. I don't think it's that niche. Lots of people love cameras, but this is obviously primarily a wildlife and conservation yeah. thing. And I don't know how big the audience is for photography, but if you can't tell by the slight smile in our voice throughout the episode, it is something we love. We love it. Uh, so hopefully, just as a light little fillerette yeah. in a cold shed, yeah. chatting about our gear. And hey, if you want to post a comment on the stuff that you're using and why it works for you, that would be great yeah, too. I'd love be... to know what you're using, particularly from my point of view. If you bird photographers out there, I'd love to know how you're getting on with your Sony A1s yeah, like... or your yeah, your Olympus OM ones, lots of people using those for, for bird photography. Um, obviously, a lot of Canon users as well. So it'd be great to know what works. Yeah, I might stick, a, stick an Instagram question out yeah. on, on, the, on the story and just be like, what's in your camera bag? Yeah, because we'd be love to know what you guys are using as well. Because we can talk about gear all day long. You know, we love it. Yeah, as you can probably tell. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. It's been a bit of a filler episode without too much research because yeah. it's all our own stuff. Yeah. We'll be back with more wildlife in the next episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>